Amen. Thank you, Father. Oh, Father, we're so grateful that you give us the ability to pray, that we get to come together in agreement and, and, and bring about changes in the earth for your will that's in heaven to be done on the earth. And so we're so grateful. We believe we receive when we pray. Just say that. Say, I believe I receive when I pray. You know, that's how, that's how you have to, in, when you're praying over things, just always call it, I believe I receive when I pray. You say, we don't, we're not praying just for a ritual or tradition. No, we're praying to change things. And, and that's how we as believers need to live. That's, that's a person that's released their faith in what they pray. I believe I receive when I pray. I take it. It's mine. And that's how we have to do it. So the things that we just prayed, we believe it's done. Amen. We believe it's settled. We believe it's established. And we believe that right now angels are working and angels are bringing you past the things that we just prayed. Amen. Well, I'm looking forward to getting, getting into the word tonight as we continue to build, building our faith. And yes, I'm going to talk about faith tonight. We are a heritage of faith. We are a house of faith. And that's what this ministry is all, all about. Why? Because faith is the victory that overcomes the world. And, and so don't, don't turn, don't turn me off. Don't turn, well, just another message on faith. No, you need, you need to, eat, you need to eat it up. You need to eat up the word. You know, I love what the prophet said that I found the word and, it, and I, I found the, those words and I ate them. You know what those were? They, they nourish them. They strengthen them. They cause them to, to, to be established. It caused them to do what God desired to do in their lives. And I believe God has great things for you to do. I believe that you're called to, to possess lands, possess territories. I believe that you're called to reach people. I believe that you're called to change your workplace. But how are you going to do it? You're going to do it through a life of faith. Amen. That's how we're going to change this community. It's going to be through a life of faith. Amen. And, and, and I'm excited about this. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. And we're going to get into the word tonight as we talk about a life of faith. Now, there's going to be some things tonight that I, I want to deal with that maybe even as I was studying, I, I didn't really see necessarily a life of faith in this, in this particular way. But I believe that tonight we're going to go on a journey and I believe it's going to, going to really set a fire down on the inside of us as sons and daughters of God. Amen. And because that's how we're to live, to live a life of faith. After all, the word says the just shall live by faith. Amen. That's Romans 1.17, Galatians 3.11, Hebrews 10.38, the just shall live by faith. Habakkuk 2.4, the just shall live by his faith. And so this is how we are to live. So let's look at this in Luke chapter 18, and I'm going to read verse, uh, verse 8 for the sake of time. Hallelujah. He says, I tell you, it says, he will defend and protect and avenge them speedily, However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith in the earth? So when Jesus returns, will he find faith in the earth? When Jesus comes back in the last day, he's looking for something. He's looking for faith. Say that. He's looking for faith. The next verse says this. It says, he also told this parable to some people who stood, who trusted in themselves and were confident that they were righteous, that they were upright and right staying with God. 
and scorned and made nothing of all the rest of men. Now, I'm not going to go in tonight to talk about that parable, but I want to bring out this one point because he says, when the son of man comes, will he find faith in the earth? And immediately he starts talking about another parable. And he says this, he also told this parable to some people who trusted in themselves. You see, when we talk about faith, we're not talking about having self-confidence. We're not talking about what we can do in our own ability and what we can do in our natural selves. But we're talking about trusting in him. He's returning and looking for a people that are totally, like Nikki said last, last week, dependent upon him. How she talked about being in the deep end and how we have to be dependent when we, you know what, go out into the deep end. And so Jesus, when he returns, is going to look about, look for people that aren't trusting in themselves, not trusting in their own ability, but they're trusting in him. I'm telling you, he's looking for a people of faith. Amen. Are you a person of faith? Amen. That's my heart. That's my desire. I want to be that person that God's looking for. That person of faith. I want to be able to say, say, Jesus, look no further that I'm your man. I'm your man. I'm your person of faith. I am your man of faith. When you come back, I want to be that person that's totally dependent upon you in every area of my life. You see, faith is about pursuit. Faith is not about trusting in yourself, but it's solely being dependent upon him. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11, verse 6. It says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. Now, remember, Jesus is coming back and he's looking for something. He is looking for faith. Now, here we see without faith, it's impossible to please him. Him who? God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. See, a man of faith is someone that is always pursuing, seeking after him. He's a rewarder. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I, I like the aspect of reward. I, you could also say manifestation. He think that, that the person that's seeking after God sees manifestation. Now, I, I want to lay this thought to you in, in your heart tonight as we talk about talking about a life of faith, because there's so many things that we could talk about in a life of faith. But I, I want you to see several things tonight. As I look at the word, I see that a life of faith leads me into greater things. Let me say that again. As I look at the word, I see that a life of faith leads us into greater things. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So as I'm seeking him, what is it doing? It leads me into greater things. It leads me into greater things. You know, I, 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 the scripture came of my heart just now in 
In Psalms 23, what does it say? The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I must believe that he is, right? And he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What he, he leads me besides still waters. He, he lays, I lay down in green pastures. So, so when I'm seeking him, it brings about greater things. You see, you know, the life of faith led Abraham to greater things. The life of the, the life that Abraham led him into prosperity. It led him into the blessing. It led him to be the father of many nations. A life of faith led Isaac to prosper in a time of famine. A life of faith led Noah to be placed into an ark and to, to survive for 40 days and 40 nights and come out of the ark and, and then receive the same blessing that, 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 that Adam had received. See, see faith, a life of faith leads you into greater things. A life of faith led Moses to cause him to lead a whole nation out of bondage into freedom. Out of bondage into prosperity. A life of faith led David to destroy a giant, to be king over a people, to build God a house. See, a life of faith leads you into greater things. John chapter 10, go, let's go to John chapter 10. A life of faith leads you into greater things. Hallelujah. Life of faith leads you into greater things. And it doesn't matter what might be happening. It doesn't matter what you might be facing. A life of faith will lead you into greater things. A life of faith led Elijah to be to the brook where God took care of him by ravens. Then, then the life of faith led him to a widow woman that sustained him. Which then a life of faith led that woman, widow woman to be obedient to the prophet to where we, she was sustained for many days. You see, a life of faith will lead you into greater things. And I believe that your life of faith right now will lead you into greater things on the other side of whatever you're experiencing right now. Amen. I believe a life of faith is going to cause you to inherit the promises of God. Walk in your destiny. Fulfill your purpose. A life of faith. John chapter 10, verse 9 says, I am the door. Anyone who enters in through me will be saved. Now, anyone who enters in will be saved. How are we saved? How does salvation come to us? By faith. If you... If I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth, I shall be saved. Right. And here it says, if I am the door. So just in, in, in uh, Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd here. We see he says, I am the door. Anyone who enters in through me will be saved. He will come out. He will come in and he will go out freely and will find pasture. See, there's something always tied on the other side of a life of faith and it's greater things. It's pastures. It's the, it's the house that God desires you to live in. It's the land that he desires you to possess. It's the job that he wants you to have. It's the business that he wants you to start. But everything is established out of this life of faith. This life of faith calls you to operate and walk in greater things. We look at a life of faith as a believer. 
It leads me into greater things. It leads me into a life of freedom. It says, if I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth, I would be saved. I would be healed. I would be delivered. I would be set free. Wow. You see, there should be nothing. If I'm living a life of faith, I should not be overwhelmed by oppression. Now, I'm not saying that you're not going to be tempted to be oppressed. I'm not going to say, I'm not saying that you may not be, be, be tempted to, to receive sadness or receive discouragement. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying what happens is a life of faith, although your surroundings might be bleak or your surroundings might be oppressive, a life of faith is going to cause you to rise above whatever you're facing and whatever you're going through. You see, a life of faith would, should cause my perspective to shift. See, believe in my heart and confess with my mouth, I should be saved. That means there should be a life of faith. There should be a shift in my perspective. In a world gone crazy, in a world gone crazy, I think we can get overwhelmed and at the same time forget what's already been done. With the news reports you might be listening to, the, the attacks that may come against your mind, lonely, loneliness that you might be experiencing, the things that you might be experiencing in the natural. We have, you have to allow this salvation. You have to allow what's happened at the cross. You need to allow what happened in the word to realize that that's got to shift my perspective for whatever I'm going through and whatever I'm facing right now. See, a life of faith will cause my perspective to shift. Think about it. You're saved. I, I'm not going to hell. <laughs> I mean, th- that just changes your perspective totally. I, I'm going to live forever. That, that God is, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That should change my perspective. I'm a son of God. That should change your perspective. I have God living on the inside of me. I have, see, when you get, when you step into a life of faith, it changes your perspective. And when it changes your perspective, then all of a sudden it changes how you're seeing the attacks, how you're seeing the oppression, how you're seeing what you're facing, how you see what you're going through. Hallelujah. My countenance shouldn't be one that's going around sad and defeated. My countenance as a life of faith. Now I'm saying, I'm not saying that you deny things. I'm not saying that you're not experiencing difficult things. I'm saying that as a person, a life of faith causes my perspective to shift. And if my perspective shifts, then my attitude shifts. Go Go to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15 See, I know right now at home, you're shouting. I know at home right now, you are, you are running around, you're stomping and you're praising God, right? I, I know, you, I, I just see, I see you doing that right now, amen? I'm here to stir up your faith tonight. Hallelujah, a life of faith. Amen, hallelujah, a life of faith. Thank you, Father. The life of faith caused me to walk in greater things. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 15, it says, now the God of hope fill you with all joy, all joy, 
the God of hope fills you with all joy and peace. Now, think about what would it look like to be filled with all joy and all peace? What would that look like? I mean, could you just just like say God all of a sudden takes a picture of joy and and a picture of peace and he dumps those down on the inside of you. What, what would it look to be filled with God's peace and God's joy? Filled you with all joy and all peace in believing. Now, let, we, let me read the scripture this way. Through faith, through believing, the God of hope fills me with all joy and peace. You see, now, now, if we look at it this way, through believing, through this life of faith, it's going to cause me to be filled with all joy and all peace. So then that means that a life of faith should affect my attitude. Right? Because if I'm in faith, a life of faith, then all of a sudden now I have joy and peace. So not does a life of faith change my perspective, but a life of faith changes my attitude. Go, go to First uh, Peter, First Peter, First Peter, chapter one. Hallelujah, Hallelujah! Can I get an amen? <laughs> Hallelujah! We may come back to the scripture, this chapter later, but I want to read. Hallelujah. Verse 8. A life of faith will cause a shift in your perspective and it will cause a shift in your attitude. Now, verse 8 says, with in the Amplified, it says, without having seen him, you love him. I love this. You haven't seen him, but yet you love him. Though you do not even now see him, you believe in him. And exalt and thrill with inexpressible and glorious joy. Woo! Hallelujah. Think about this. Here Peter is writing and he was saying, look. He was saying, look. He was saying, you haven't seen him, but yet you love him. You haven't seen him, but you believe in him. And it says, and I love this. And it says, And as you believe in him, it says you exalt and thrill with inexpressible, inexpressible and glorious joy. Why? Because the life of faith is going to cause your attitude to totally shift. You see, if we're in and we're in a position of faith, our countenance shouldn't be cast down. Our attitude shouldn't be one that's oppressed. Our, 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 we shouldn't be wallowing in discouragement. Why? Because now I'm not saying you're not tempted to. Please hear me. I'm saying that a life of faith sees different. And a life of faith has a different attitude. A life of faith. A life of faith. Let me go to the next one. So we see a life of faith shifts my perspective. Another one, a life of faith shifts my attitude. Number three here, a life of faith is seen and it shifts my priorities. So a life of faith shifts my priorities. Let's go to Philippians chapter three. Philippians chapter three. 
thank you, Father. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 says, in the Amplified, it says, For my determined purpose is that I may know him. Now think about that. This is from the Apostle Paul. And he, he, when he was, thought he was living a life of faith, when he was living according to the, 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 the Jewish religion. You know, we know that he, he, had, he had Stephen stoned. He, he lived with a certain purpose. But all of a sudden, when he started living a life of faith, it changed his priorities. All of a sudden, it shifted his pursuit. You see, a life of faith. When you step into a life of faith, you don't pursue what you used to pursue. When you live a life of faith, you don't go back to what you came out of. When you, you're living a life of faith, you don't, you don't go to the world's way. You don't live like the world does. You don't talk like the world talks. You don't, you don't, you don't love like the world loves. You, you live, you have different priorities. Paul said, my determined purpose is to know him. He said, I did have this purpose, but all of a sudden when I stepped over into a life of faith, all of a sudden my priorities changed and now I had a new pursuit. I had a new thing that I ran after. I had a new thing that I sought after. See, a life of faith changes what you seek. It changes what you run after. It changes what you look to. Go to, go to Habakkuk chapter 2. Habakkuk 2. Hallelujah. A life of faith will cause me to walk in greater things. I don't know about you, but I want greater things. I want to walk in greater things. Hallelujah. Now, I'm, I'm leading up to something here tonight, so stay with me, because, because a life of faith is more, it's more than, it's more than I, I believe, what we may have known a life of faith to be. So just, just stay with me, okay? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Habakkuk chapter 2. Now, this is a familiar uh, chapter uh, in a lot of ways. And, you know, a lot of us know Habakkuk 2 where it says, where it says, you know, write the vision and make it plain that he that reads it may run with it and talks about for that vision is for an appointed time. And yes, it's a great principle on how, how, how to write your vision and for your vision to come to pass. But I believe there's so much more that God is speaking to our day than just a process on, on how to get your vision fulfilled. You know, because he goes in and, 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 and Nikki read this last week and, and talked about in verse four, it said, look at the proud. His soul is not straight or right within him, but the just and the righteous man shall live by his faith and in his faithfulness. That's the Amplified. So here, remember, it, it's a shift in priorities, right? So we're seeing a shift. It's saying about this person that, that look at the proud, his soul is not straight. Me, that they're pursuing something different. But, but here, over here, this righteous man, over here, this man, the just, he, they're pursuing something different. And all of a sudden, God, God is speaking to Habakkuk here. Hallelujah. For the sake of time, let's look at, thank you, Father, verse 12. Because I believe the vision that God wants Habakkuk to write is not his own vision, but it's God's vision. And, we're, and, I, and I believe, and I could be wrong here, but I believe there's a vision that God wants written here 
that, that I want us to see because I believe as we go forward as a church, it's something that we need to press into. But if this is about a life of faith will change your priorities for the sake of time, you can read this whole chapter, but for the sake of time, verse 12, he says, woe to him who bids a town with blood and establishes a city by iniquity. Behold, is it not by my appointment of the Lord of hosts that the nations toil only to satisfy the fire that will consume their work and the people weary themselves only for emptiness falsality and futility. What's God saying to Habakkuk here? He goes, is it my plan for them to work with their hands for no purpose? Is it my plan for them to be busy, 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 busy and doing things that, that aren't eternal? But what is the vision? He says this, but the time is coming when the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. I believe that's the vision. I believe that's the vision that God wants Habakkuk to write. Meaning, meaning right now, Habakkuk, this is what you're seeing. Right now, you're seeing humanity running after things that aren't eternal. Right now, you're, people are just working and doing and doing and doing and doing. And it's, and it ha, and it's, and it's for, for utility. It's for something that has no end. And, 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 and he says, but what is, right, what, what should I write? Hey, write this. There's coming a time that the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Why is he saying here in this chapter, the just shall live by faith? What is it that we should live with the right priorities? Why? Because what does a life of faith do? It takes me into greater things. A life of faith, it shifts my perspective. A life of faith shifts my attitude. A life of faith shifts my priorities. Let me make this statement. A life of faith should not lead us into pride or positions of complacency. Let me say that again. A life of faith should not lead us into pride or positions of complacency. What do I mean by that? A life of faith shouldn't lead us into dead things. Thank you, Father. See, a life of faith brings us into greater things. And I think sometimes as believers, as word of faith, we can be complacent. You know, I'm believing for this and I'm believing for that and I'm believing for this and I'm believing for that and I'm believing for this. And there's nothing wrong. I'm not saying there's something wrong with that. But what I'm saying is that our faith shouldn't should not put us in places of complacency where we're just sitting back, focusing on self. Focusing on what we want, focusing on what everything that we need, focusing on what's not happening or what didn't happen. No, we have to we have to allow a life of faith to change our perspective, change your attitude, change our priorities. 
A life of faith is always about seeking what God has. See, see, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. A life of faith is about seeking him, not seeking, not seeking just natural things or not seeking just all sort of things in the natural. No, it's about seeking and pursuing him with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind and all of our strength. A life, is a, a life of faith is about pursuing what God's promised, pursuing what God has said, pursuing what God wants in the earth. I believe if we are people of faith, we shouldn't be satisfied with what happened yesterday. We shouldn't be satisfied with what happened at Azusa Street, what happened in the 40s or the 50s or satisfied I don't want to just be sad. I'm, I'm so grateful for financial miracles. I'm so grateful for how God brought me through time and time again. I'm so grateful for healing that's taking place in my body. But I don't want to just be satisfied with things that he did in my life yesterday. I wanted him to do. What does God want to do in me right now? What does God want to do in the earth right now? What does God want to do in heritage of faith right now? Let's not see a life of faith isn't complacent to just settle for where we are. A life of faith is about possessing. It's about possessing land. It's about reaching people. It's about influencing the world. It's about changing communities. It's about changing lives. That's what a life of faith is all about. A life of faith. A life of faith is saying, Father, do what you, a life of faith is saying, do what you want to do in the earth and do it in me and do it through me. See, as your pastor, I want to stir you up to live a life of faith, not to live complacent, but but to to live with that aspect that God wants the earth to be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Hallelujah. A life of faith. Thank you, Father, is not sitting back and doing nothing. A life of faith is seeking, pursuing, receiving, learning, discovering and becoming. There's four spiritual focuses I want to close with that I believe that a life of faith that we as the church, we as heritage of faith, that we need to make a focus in our spiritual lives. A life of faith. Remember, a life of faith, a life of faith isn't complacent. A life of faith shouldn't lead us into pride or complacency or into dead things. Thank you, Father. Lord, help me communicate this, Lord. What is, it, what is my focus as a, as, a, as a man of faith? What is my spiritual focuses? See, a lot of times we, when we talk about faith, we can talk about, you know, seeing the end of my faith. And we need that, you know, having vision. We need that. Focusing on, okay, your vision board, focusing on what God said, all those things are, but I believe there's some spiritual focuses that we need to put into play. Because remember, a life of faith takes us into greater things. And, and I don't want my life of faith, see, I want my life of faith to change me. I want to be different. And so there's four spiritual focus Focuses of a life of faith that I need to live by. I'm saying I, because, but I want you to see it's also for you. 
A life of faith, a spiritual focus is number one. They live a life of worship and prayer. Worship and prayer. What does worship mean? See, uh, this is probably, this whole message tonight is probably a five-part sermon. (laughs) But this life of worship and prayer, what is that? It's a life of putting God first. It's a life of sacrifice. It's a life of making him number one. It's a life of prayer. It's a life of seeking him. It's a life of seeking God's will in the earth before you seek your will in the earth. Number two, life of faith, a spiritual focus is a person, a life of faith has always has an expectancy that God's going to move. My life of faith is number one, that a focus is, is it's focused in a lifestyle of worship and prayer, but it's also a focus is, is I always have an expectancy that God is going to move. It's not about expect see, you, expectancy is always future tense. It's not like, oh, God, I sure like what you did 20 years ago. No, it's having a it's have, life of faith. It's always having an internal expectancy that God is about to do the impossible. That what God had has said on his timetable that he's doing it right now. And, and if he's doing it, he's doing it through me. If he's doing it in a church, he's doing it in this church. So spiritual focuses, it's a, it's a life of faith, it's a life of worship and prayer. And it's a life where there's a continual expectancy that God's going to move. The fourth one of a spiritual focus is, the focus is, it's a life that honors the Holy Spirit in every way. You see, every miracle that happened in Scripture... Every move of God that we see happen in Scripture came on the back of someone honoring the Spirit of God. Honoring God. How did, how did Jesus do miraculous things? He honored the Holy Spirit in his life. See, that's a spiritual focus. See, a life of faith. What is a man that has a life of faith? What's their spiritual focuses? They, they live a life of worship and prayer. They live a life with a continual expectancy that God is going to move, that God is moving. And a life of faith focuses that it's an honor. We honor the Holy Spirit in every way. When he says move, we move. When he says stop, we stop. When he says pray, we pray. Hallelujah. Father, give us ears to hear tonight. Hallelujah. And what's the fourth thing? Before we read the fourth thing, go to Second Pe- go back to First Peter chapter one. Hallelujah. So a life of worship and prayer. A life that has an expectancy that God is moving. And a life that honors the Holy Spirit in every way. See, I believe as men and women that are living a life of faith, I believe. As we implement these things in our lives, we're going to see greater things. What? Why? Because what does faith do? A life of faith leads you into greater things. I'm giving you some practical things 
of a life of faith that will cause him to take us into greater things. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter 1. I want to read this before I read the fourth thing. Thank you, Father. Mm. Thank you, Father. I mean, we read verse 8 a little bit ago where he talked about you haven't seen him, but you love him. You haven't seen it, but you believe in him and you have inexpressible joy. Verse 9 says at the same time, you receive the results of your faith, the salvation of your souls. He said the prop verse 10 says the prophets who prophesied of the grace, divine blessing, which was intended for you, searched and inquired earnestly about this salvation. They sought to find they they sought Meaning they're looking for something, remember seeking something to find out to whom or when this was to come, which the spirit of Christ worketh within them was indicated when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that should follow. Verse 12, it was then disclosed to them that the services they were rendering were not meant for themselves in their period of time, but for you. Wow. It's talking about the prophets. He's saying they kept searching and find out when this was going to happen. But then the prophet said it wasn't for them, but it was for you and for me. Wow. Thank you, Father. Verse 12. It was then disclosed to them that the services they were rendering were not meant for themselves in their period of time, but for you. It is these very thing. It is these very things which have now already been made known plainly to you. By those who preach the good news to good news, the gospel to you by the same Holy Spirit sent from heaven into these things. The very angels long to look. Wow. So the things that were preached, the angels long to look to stay with me here. So brace up your minds. He's talking to you and me. Brace up your minds. Be sober, circumspect, morally alert. Set your hope holy and unchangeable on the grace, the divine favor that is coming to you when Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is revealed. Verse 14. Now listen to this instruction. Live as children of obedience to God. Do not conform yourselves to the evil desires that govern you in your former ignorance when you did not know the requirements of the gospel. Wow, there were requirements of the gospel. Verse 15, but as the one who called you is holy, you yourself also be holy in all your conduct and manner of living. For it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. A life of faith. Remember the first one is a life of faith lives a spiritual focus is they live a life of worship and prayer. Number two, their focus is they have an expectancy that God is moving. Third is a life that they honor the Holy Spirit in every way. And the fourth thing is, thank you, Father. Life of faith. A person has a life of faith, has a desire to live a life of holiness. See, that's one thing we forget a lot of times when we talk about a life of faith. Now, I'm not talking about your perfection. I'm not talking, this is not about what you can do in yourself. My holiness isn't found in Justin's ability. 
Your holiness isn't found in your own ability. Your holiness is found in Christ and your continual pursuit after Christ. The Apostle Paul said, I, I long and I pray for you then till, what, till Christ be formed in you. You see, a life of faith is also about living a life that's pursuing holiness. Why is, why is this important? Why are these four spiritual focuses important? Why is this worship and prayer important in these last days? Why is this expectancy important in these last days? Why is this honoring the Holy Spirit in every way so important? Why is this life of holiness so important? And this is what the Lord told me. He said, he goes, Justin, when you make these a spiritual focus in your life, he said this, he says, this will produce a personal revival which produces a corporate revival, which produces a community awakening. Let me say it again. He said, why are these, this, this life of faith so important? He said it produces a personal revival. It produces a corporate church revival. But yet it produces a community awakening. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for this life of faith. Father, that we would see a life of faith beyond this formula. Just to see natural things come into our lives. Lord, I'm grateful that you've given us that capacity. And I'm so grateful that you've given us a covenant. I'm so grateful that everything that's a part of that covenant is ours through Jesus Christ. But I also know, Lord, that you've given us this life of faith for so much more than bringing about material things into our lives. But it's about bringing you and your fullness into our lives and bringing your fullness into the earth. Thank you for greater things. I thank you for greater things, Father. Thank you for greater things. Lord, thank you, Father, for a revival in us. Thank you for a revival within our corporate body. And we thank you for an awakening in our community. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. I speak strength over you. I speak the life of God over you. I see God working in you. I see, I see the gifts, the talents, the, the callings on the inside of you. I, I, I see in this season as you, as you, as we start putting into practice these spiritual focuses. I believe it's going to take us into the greater things. We thank you for it tonight. In Jesus' name. You receive this word tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father.